Angel Heart Radio Angel Heart Radio programs should not be used to replace your legal or medical advice. Welcome everyone to Angel Heart Radio. You are our focus. We want you to know that you matter in the world and that you're important to the world. We're here to remind you of just how valuable and needed you are right now. Help us to help others. If you like what you hear, tell your friends, post, tweet, pin, let everyone know how amazing Angel Heart Radio is. So again, welcome to Angel Heart Radio. Powered by love, Angel Heart Radio is sponsored by angellife777.com. Welcome everyone to Angel Heart Radio. I'm your host, Deb Goldberg, and it brings me great pleasure to be here with you today. And it's an honor to serve you in the highest way that I can by bringing you messages of divine love and blessings for your life. You are dearly loved, cherished, and blessed. I wanted to give you tonight's call-in number because we have an amazing show our number is 347-202-0232. And Angel Heart Radio has two other podcasters right now. And the first one that I wanted to tell you about is Anaya Joy Holili, who is Angel Heart's Radio's founder. And she has a show on Fridays, USA time, 8 p.m. Eastern, and Saturday Queensland time at 10 o'clock a.m. And she's doing an Ascended Master Series right now. You might want to tune into that. And Annette McCoy is also on air on Tuesdays, USA time, 8 o'clock p.m. And Wednesdays, Queensland time at 10 o'clock a.m. You can also reach Anaya at angellight777.com. If you are interested in knowing more about me or working with me or my books, you can find me at DebbieNGoldberg.com. You can find my book, Are You Ready to Listen, God, at Amazon.com. And Volume 2, I keep saying it's coming, but I believe it will be out in July, and it will be called God's Covenant, and I'm very excited about it. But tonight, we have a real paradigm shift and looking at parenting and children's soul growth. You're going to just love this show. It's going to give you a completely different perspective in how you look at parenting. And my guest host is Dr. Lynetta Willis, who's a psychologist and multi-award winning author of My Forgotten Self, which is a children's spiritual tale about worth, purpose, and divine guidance. She is also the author of The Spiritual Guide to Turning Power Struggles into Power Sharing. And Dr. Willis is also the creator of Inner Pathways Parenting, which is a research-informed program that integrates spirituality, self-awareness, and imagery. And as a passionate teacher, spiritual seeker, and the mother of two, Dr. Willis sees relationships as spiritual growth vehicles with the relationship between a child and caregiver being one of the most powerful vehicles. Now, I heard Lynetta talking on United Intentions Radio one day, and I just loved the information about her book. And I said, I, I have to call her. I have to get in touch with her because I was just so excited about what she was saying. And so I... She and I have been spending time on Skype and talking about um, all the things that we both have passions about, and I'm so grateful to bring her here tonight to share it with you. So welcome, Lynetta. Hello, Deb. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you. I am so, I'm so glad that you are here on Angel Heart Radio and that other people get to listen to you again. Um, <laughs> and yeah, because you are on United Attentions on Blog Talk Radio as well. So I think that, you know, what you're doing is just amazing. And so let's start off with um, how did, what's your journey 
about? How did you get here to writing My Forgotten Self and The Spiritual Guide to Turning Power Struggles into Power Sharing? Wow, yeah. So long journey. First of all, thank you for that awesome intro. Wow. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. But, um, so the the book, I did not intend to write this book. I always say that. I actually was um, raised in the Black Baptist Church tradition and um, pretty mainstream beliefs. We didn't really talk about channeling works or anything like that. And one day I, cre- I attended a creative arts workshop with some colleagues of mine, and it was an all-day workshop, and we got to the writer's por- writing portion of the workshop, and the facilitator said, okay, I want you to write a story. And the only rule is it has to begin with the words once upon a time. So I said, okay, and I wrote down the words once upon a time, and the story just poured out of me onto the paper. And it got to the point where I remember mumbling, slow down, I can't write that fast because the words were just coming so quickly. And um, when I finished it, I read it to the people who were in the workshop with me and they said, wow, that sounds like a children's book. So I I said, oh, that's interesting. And I um, put it away. (laughs) I didn't do anything with it for a while. And then it just, I remember there was one year, it was close to 2010, no, maybe 2013. It just kept coming up. It wouldn't leave me alone. It just was nagging. Every time I woke up, the story was just popping into my head. So finally, one day, I just said, okay, fine, I'll publish it. And I connected with some people, and um, I got a fantastic, serendipitously connected with a fantastic illustrator, uh, Michelle Phillips, and put the book out there. And it has been such a blessing to so many people. Recently, I was asked to go to a school in South Carolina and do a book reading, and the school ended up buying 400 copies of the book, which was so exciting for me. It really was, not just because of the book sales, but because this message was going to get out to all Mm -hmm. these children, you know, and it was a Title I Mm -hmm. school, so it's a school where these kids don't often hear about things about like their self-worth and their internal powers and all of that. And to think that this message is going home with them was just mm-hmm. so, such a blessing. That's amazing. That's it's mm-hmm. just amazing because yeah, the, the message in it is just beautiful. Uh, it's all about um, how we become programmed by family, culture, religion, society, life, um, that takes away the inspiration of a child to create and be who they want to be. Exactly. And, and I don't know, because I'm sure listeners haven't really heard it. I can give like a really brief description of it, if that would be helpful. Um, sure. It's a story about a little girl and she dreams about her future. Um, but when she shares these dreams with her well-intentioned family, um, they're very protective, and they give her all the reasons why she shouldn't do it, you know. And and as a as a mom, I get that, you know. I mean, I have limiting beliefs, and there are times where I'm sure I project this onto my kids. And so Tia, the little girl, she becomes really sad, goes to her room, and she meets a divine presence named I Am. And they go on a journey where she learns that she has power within herself to do many things. Um, she learns that she can use that power and um, harness the power of, of the divine through her voice, through her imagination, through her creativity to impact herself in the world. And one of the most important messages that she learns in the book is that she is a very valuable and worthy treasure. Um, you know, so like you Beautiful. were saying, I think it's we're all so programmed um, and, and we don't often think about it on a day to day basis, but we have such a huge impact on our children in terms of the way that we, that they view themselves and the way they view the world. And I think that um, we subconsciously project some of those beliefs onto our kids. And I think that Mm -hmm. my forgotten self points this out and gives an alternate perspective at the same time. You know, it tells children like you're worthy and you're powerful and you're treasured and it tells parents I think it gives parents even a reminder of, of you know, those, those inner children that we have, um, mm-hmm. a reminder that we're worthy and we're valuable. And when we project from that place of value, when we project from that 
place of worth. When we engage our children from that place of power, we teach them how to become aware of their power and how to use their power consciously. You know, and I think I often say that those are messages that I wish I had learned as a child because my lack of self-worth, which I had into my early adulthood, really, um, it really impacted how I showed up, the type of relationships I was in, and even how I allowed myself to be treated, right? So it it has a huge impact. It certainly does. And yeah, I can say the same thing for myself that it would have been, of course, we could always say hindsight, right? <laughs> twenty right. twenty. That I wish I knew these things before my life would have been really different, but our life is what it is because we had to get to this place of knowing this and finding um, the gems inside of us. But Absolutely. I had the pleasure. Yeah, I had the pleasure of reading the book to my three-year-old grandson last week. And oh. so I really enjoyed that. It was wonderful. Yay. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about the spiritual guide to turning power struggles into power sharing and how do these play off of each other in some way? Absolutely. So this is a free ebook that I created. It's such a labor of love. People can get it off my website. It's um, drlwillis.com, D-R, not the whole word spell out. And, um, you know, part of my purpose is to help families experience less stress and more balance so they can have more fun. And I find that, especially in today's day and age, as families, we don't always have fun together, right? I mean, even in my family, like, I know this stuff, I've studied it, I do it, you know, but there are even times where I wake up and I'm like, I'm just not having fun. And mm-hmm. so for me, I realized one of the things, so this, this is, this Power, this power piece is actually one portion of my overall parenting program, Inner Pathways Parenting. And the whole program really calls or invites caregivers of children to have um, one of or three um, shifts in perspective, a spiritual shift, a physical shift, and a mental shift. And the power struggle guide, power struggle to power sharing, really is where um, focuses on that mental shift area, you know, and it, it looks at the idea that we are conditioned to use our power in certain ways. And a lot of times it's a power over perspective, especially with our children and especially when we're frustrated. And so um, it really, it, it, it focuses on how can I, as a mother, as a caregiver of children, consciously engage my power that I can use power with my child as opposed to power over my child so that we are both feeling, you know, um, respected and heard in the moment. Uh, And that's not always easy, but it starts out, and this goes up, I said the parenting program has three phases, the spiritual, the physical, and the mental it starts out in the guide um, with looking at the spiritual shift. And the spiritual shift that I call caregivers to make is what I call a shift from soul sight, or from, sorry, from role sight to soul sight. And role sight is how I was raised, right? So role sight is that perspective where you'll hear parents say, like, I'm the parent and you're the child. You know, I know what's best. You must listen to me. Um, I'm the one in control. I'm bigger and stronger and smarter than you, you know, and and so we might not always say those things consciously, you know, literally, but our behaviors a lot of times communicate that. I'm big, you're small, listen to me. Um, And what Soul Sight asks us to do is instead of saying, you know, I'm the parent, you're the child, it looks at it from this perspective of, you know, we are souls that chose these roles and we are here to co-create an experience where we can consciously learn and love more deeply. Right. So right. that one Beautiful. shift automatically takes us from a power over perspective and puts us in a power with perspective because we're both souls that chose these positions, chose these roles in this life to learn from one another. You know, instead of saying you listen to me because I know what's best, um, which is role site, soul site says more, um, you know, we both carry wisdom. We both carry perspective. I can learn from you. I call my kids my little gurus, right? Because they're constantly, uh-huh. and they're, and right. they're, you see little ways, 
teaching me things about myself and, and extending the opportunity for me to grow and mm-hmm. learn. Right. Um, yeah. 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 That's, that's <laughs> awesome. And, and, you know, it's funny because while I was with my kids this past weekend who are grown adults, but and my grandchildren, it, it was moments constantly of them teaching me things that mm-hmm. I wish I knew also, you know, while I was raising my children. But it was just so fascinating to um, see things and uh, look at them as teaching moments rather than that I don't have to look at it as parenting, that mm-hmm. um, that we're all there just learning from each other. And it's it's just a beautiful thing. So I love your description of soul sight. And can can you give can you give the audience a an example of maybe uh, of something that the difference between looking at it through role sight versus soul sight? Yeah. Any, any yeah. example? So, mm-hmm. No, I think one that a lot of parents can relate to is our tantrums. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, you know I had an experience recently with my daughter where she um, she was tantruming. I, I think it was like a toy or something. I mean, sometimes I joke and I'm and my husband will say, what's wrong? And I'm like, the day ends and why? That is what's wrong. Like, that's all I got. I don't know what's wrong. But, you know, she was very frustrated. And my first reaction was, there's nothing wrong. Why are you crying? You know, all of it, just wanting to just rah! Um, But in that moment, I said, you know what? Um, That is, that's rule sight. That's that power over. Like, there's nothing wrong. I know. Like, I'm an adult. I'm looking at this situation, and I know there's nothing wrong with you. So stop it. You know? Um, Right. So that's more of that rule sight perspective. But looking at it from soul sight, being able to say, okay, if she's crying, from her perspective, there's something wrong. And in that moment, I was exhausted. I talk about the five F's, and I always say, you know, if if the child or the caregiver is experiencing one of the five F's, conscious um, entrance into soul sight is, is even more important. And the five F's are if you're frustrated, fatigued, fearful, fidgety, or famished. Okay, you're mm-hmm. one of those. You have uh-huh. to be very conscious. And I think I was probably like four of those, if not all five. So um, okay. in that moment, it was very difficult for me to reach for a place of compassion. So I sat mm-hmm. down. She was on the floor. And I was like, you know, please, just let's just calm down. Let's take some deep breaths. And um, she kicked the counter. Like <laughs> little girl, wow, really? <laughs> so in that moment, I realized I am so frustrated, I don't know what to do. So in those moments, in that moment, I decided to do nothing. So I just sat on the floor and I looked at her. And I waited. And I said, you know, I said a little prayer, like, help me see this situation as the soul would see it. Like, I don't know what to do right now because I'm so tired and so frustrated. And immediately I, I closed my eyes, I took deep breaths, and I opened my eyes and I looked at her. And the first thing that stood out to me was how miserable she was. Mm-hmm. I realized this little girl is absolutely miserable. So um, I opened my arms and I said, um, do you, and I, I said, do you need a hug or a moment? And she said, I need a moment. And I said, okay. And I said, would you like me to stay with you in this moment or would you like me to leave? And she said, I want you to stay. And she's crying this whole time. And I said, okay. So I stayed. And then she's sitting there and she's crying. And and then all of a sudden she gets up and she runs over to me and she just throws herself on me and just starts crying. And she breathes very deeply and starts to calm down. You know, so in that moment, I realized I just had to ride that wave, you know, I just had to ride that wave. And when I could feel myself being pulled into that role site space, because I could hear those voices coming up in my head, Mm -hmm. that's the time where we can just sit and relax and say, okay, I don't want to be power over right now. So let me figure out how can I use these principles 
to be, what do I want to model for her in this moment? What do I want to teach her in this moment? Um, what am I being called to do in this moment? You know, and, and the overall program goes into really specific ways that we can do this, but the book gives out specific ways too in those moments when our kids are at like five alarm fire and we're uh-huh. creeping up there with them, like specific things that we can do. It's like, a, it's really an action plan guide. Like these mm-hmm. are specific things that you can do in those moments to really just sort of release some of the, the, the energy that's building up in yourself. And, and I really love the, do you need a hug or a moment? Like that's, I use that a lot because it allows mm-hmm. my kids to decide it, it calls them to look at themselves and say, what do I need in this moment? Mm-hmm. Um, which puts them up into their frontal lobe. <laughs> and mm-hmm. when we hit those five alarm fires, we're really, I always say that, you know, the, the, the crew has gone to sleep and the skeleton crew is awake now. <laughs> so right. it's really hard for them <laughs> to function fully, right? And when we, when we know right. things like that, that, okay, you're at five alarm fire mode, nothing I'm going to say to you is really going to help. It's just going to mm-hmm. frustrate the situation more. So right. that's just one example of, of allowing, of noticing, being aware when role site is, is active. And even when you don't know what to do, just sitting down and being aware of some of the principles associated with soul sight can help you to connect on a more compassionate level um, with your child. That is, that's awesome. That's a wonderful example. And I'm sure that all parents have <laughs> had something like that if not many times. And I also want to give all you moms and dads out there a chance to call in and talk to Dr. Willis because um, she is a great person to start uh, to explain a lot of what's happening with our children and looking at it through your soul's eyes versus um, uh, the way that we've all learned to parent. So the phone number again is 347-202-0232. So that that's huge what you what you were just talking about is just learning how to be with somebody and be compassionate and do that with your children when they're having a meltdown, when they're not at their best. And being able to do that when we are not at our best, when we're tired, Mm -hmm. when we're struggling, when we just want things to be peaceful and we can't, we can't make that happen. So, and, and I, you know, talk a lot about by you just shifting your energy and that's what you are talking about is that you sat down, you prayed, you asked to help see this in a much more a better light and um to bring love to the situation and mm-hmm. uh and so by you shifting your energy you're actually shifting your daughter's energy absolutely you know i it's always when when we find when we can find that place of balance we bring that balanced energy into the whole family right so it's it's really something that it's not always easy. I always tell when I when I work with parents, I say it's not always about finding the Jesus Jesus Buddha under the Bodhi tree moment. Like that's not what we can all do, <laughs> especially when we're tired and our kids are acting nuts. You know, sometimes it's just about reaching for like a little leaf on the weed that's growing five miles to the left of the Bodhi tree, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's reaching for like the, the one thing that you can get to. And sometimes that thing is just taking a breathing break. I always say like, you know, it's so funny how as we get older, we tend to eliminate things from our lives that we could benefit from. So, well, you know, when, when our kids, and we tell them to lay down for a nap and they don't want to do it and they're crying. And I'm like, kid, do you know what I would give for a nap? You know, like it should be reversed. When you're younger, you don't have to take them, but when you get older, they're they're mandatory. And it's the same for things like you know, timeout and stuff. You know, I mean, it's like what I would give for a timeout. Like, are you kidding me? But right. As a mom, right. I have to take those mm-hmm. in order yeah. to raise my energy, raise my vibe. You know, because I realize nothing I say or do in this moment is going to be helpful. It is only going to, even if it stops the, the chaos, I might scream at the top of my lungs. 
you know, and everything stops. But in that moment, have I really taught my child anything? In that moment, am I really having fun? Am I really enjoying? Am I really modeling the way that I want my kids to be? And I want them to react in that moment. Of course I'm not. You know, so it really is. I think parenting really does call for us to be able to shift our perspective and shift our way of being. Um, and it's really a gift. It's a gift in being able to parenting. Or I always like to say caregiver, caregivers for children, because I think this is true for anyone who cares for children, not just um, people in that parenting role necessarily. Right. Yeah. And this could be translated to anybody, to a relationship, you know, to a mm-hmm. spouse, um, that that same behavior. And yeah, and this is what I was thinking about, about when you were talking is that everything actually translates back to us. Like, how do we self-discipline mm-hmm. or self-love or be compassionate with our own self? And you're talking about, hey, we need a timeout sometimes to check whether we are in balance or not. Um, and so a lot of this is if you look at your child having a temper tantrum, how do you bring that back to yourself when you might be having one inside? Maybe you're not jumping around and screaming on the outside, but, <laughs> but you know, these things happen on the inside and some of us do it on the outside as an adult, mm-hmm. but, or, you know, or how, you know, when we're just not happy with something and we don't, when we're frustrated and we don't know how to deal with that, how are we doing our own self-discipline of bringing love to ourselves um, or, or even disciplining ourselves when, say, um, which we're trying not to do something like say a diet, you're trying to eat different foods or exercise. And how are you with yourself when you do something that you don't like? Like mm-hmm. I have a, I, I'm like, I have a cookie and I'm trying not to eat the cookie. Um, and then I go eat the cookie. And how do you treat yourself after you eat that cookie? Are you beating mm-hmm. yourself up? You know, and and yeah. so a lot of the way that we self-discipline is turned outward, and that is the way we discipline our children, whether it be through power or passivity of really not doing much of anything. Of mm-hmm. just, oh, I'll just let this go. I'll just let this go. And when we really <laughs> need to you know, have some self-discipline of, of, of not being passive with ourselves, but being gentle and um, compassionate and loving and bringing that within us so we can bring it outside of us. So it is, um, it's really interesting. Can you, can you talk some more? Um, you talked about the, when we talked the other day, coming from a place of curiosity overcoming from a place of power. Yeah, yeah, coming from a place of curiosity over control. That's such a, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I had an experience with my daughter where, she's four now, um, and she was in the kitchen. I need to say something about my son. I'm just talking about my daughter. He's going to think like, man, our dog's real, geez. Um, but, um, <laughs> She is my, what they would call, strong-willed one, I have to say. And, and I love it because she teaches me so much. Um, so we were in the kitchen and we were at dinner. And she, I had a, she had a straw in her cup. And she would take the straw out of her cup and she would, it would, she would, soak the, she would suck up some of the liquid, move it out of the cup, and then take her mouth off of it so all the liquid would fall on the table. And I said, honey, um, yeah, okay, we saw what happened. Let's not do that again, okay? And she looked at me, said, okay. A couple minutes later, put it back in the cup, sucked more up. <laughs> I'm just saying, and let it out all over the table. And I was like, are you kidding me? So my thing was, okay, if we don't know how to use the straw, we lose the straw, right? Like, it's just okay, fine. So my initial, so first I said, okay, we're going to take the straw away for a bit because clearly there's something going on right now. And, I, and, and she was frustrated. And then I said, you know what? And this is another piece of um, inner pathways parenting, the, the paradigm. It, it, it says, 
you know, all behavior is purposeful. So anything that anyone does, children or otherwise, there's a reason for it. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about bringing curiosity to the situation, if we're called to say, what is triggering this behavior in this moment? So I looked at her after a few minutes and I said, what was going on with you in that moment? Like, what, what were you trying to do? And she said, I wanted to pick the, um, pull it up in, in my straw, like my brother. And I was like, what? And then her brother said, oh, the other day I was pulling up the liquid in my straw and I put my finger on the top of it to hold it in. And I said, oh, so I gave her back the straw and I said, try again. And she tried again. It didn't work. Her brother came over and showed her what to do. And she did it again and did it again. And we were laughing, right? So in Uh that situation, it was one of those things where when I approached it, um, you know, from and it wasn't necessarily a rule site. It was in a, you know, you could look at it that way. But I mean, I wasn't necessarily, um, well, I won't. I could go there, but that's another rabbit trail. But what I did was <laughs> when I when you bring soul sight to the to a situation, curiosity is a huge, huge piece of that. So asking why is this happening? What is this a sign of? What's being what was triggered in the moment, either within my child or within me? So getting curious about the whole situation, it does a couple of things. One, it requires us to step back from the situation, which gives our frontal lobe time to come back online. You know, the decision-making part of our brain. And it also allows us, in a paradoxical way, it allows us to lean into the situation. So we're stepping back, but we're also leaning in. We're not trying to go in and pull it apart and control it and hold it down. You know, we're leaning into it and saying, what's going on here from a much higher place, a much more high vibe place than if we just stop doing that. Give me that. Put that away. We're not doing, you know. So that's where the curiosity comes in. Whenever we can, again, it might be the little leaf on the weed five miles from the Bodhi tree, but just if Mm -hmm. we can get ourselves to ask, what is this about? And what is this a sign of, you know? Right. Um, How can I learn from this? And how can I teach from this? And Autumn learned a cute little trick. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Right. Right. Uh, that's that's a great um, that's a great example, and and the curiosity can be used with anyone. I know when I grew up, you know, I wasn't allowed to act out, or I, you know, I had to act a certain mm-hmm. way, um, and um, you know, if I did anything wrong, I I was disciplined, and yep. so coming from a place of looking at it as, like you said no all all uh, the a, a reason why all behaviors happening and looking at it through a curious curious eye as to like mm-hmm. why would somebody be doing that or why why are you acting this way or rather than i know at times it's really easy for me even even with your spouse to say you know if somebody's not acting a way that you think they should be acting which is no truth to that, um, is, <laughs> is uh, you know, is like starting to get into an argument with somebody rather than saying, why do you feel that way? Tell me, mm-hmm. tell me why you are feeling this way or what is happening within you that brings you to this place of whether it's anger or frustration or whatever it is. Um, and, you know, these are all techniques that you're sharing that are all for ourselves too. It's not just, you know, like you said, just for our kids. It's how do you bring curiosity to what's going on inside of you? Like why, I know Mm -hmm. when I first started on my spiritual journey, I didn't know what the heck I was feeling because I had done such a good job at repressing all my feelings that when they all decided to come up at the same time, um, I didn't know what the heck was going on or why I was feeling certain ways because I never gave them any attention. And mm-hmm. so, so even coming to yourself with that place of curiosity rather than there's something wrong with you because you're feeling when there's no truth to that um, is, you know, 
taking a time to step back, like you say, and say, what, what am I feeling and why? Um, and so I, I had to mm-hmm. learn how to do that in myself, and I've just learned how to do that within the last two and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That is such a good point, and it's so true. Like self-regulation. People say all the time, kids don't come with instruction manual. Neither do adults. Like, no. <laughs> it's not like you hit 18, and now all of a sudden, yes, you have arrived, and you're totally self-regulated and completely normal. And no, um, that's why <laughs> a lot of times it's the exact opposite in some cases. But, you know, I, I think that's why I was really, really intentional with the, with the program of looking at how can we self-explore? How can those of us like me, who were never taught how to do that as a child, Mm -hmm. in the moment, explore what's going on with us or use Mm -hmm. our own triggers or our own history to respond in the moment. And there were three um, baskets, if you will, that, that developed out of that. And it's this idea that we are souls that are here to love deeply, learn consciously, and live fully. And when we allow ourselves to love deeply, what that involves is it involves loving ourselves. You know, as caregivers of children, oftentimes we put our stuff on the back burner, you know, and it's all about kids. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was in private practice up until, you know, a few years ago, and I coached parents all the time, you know, and a lot of times it was wanting to, them wanting to focus on the kids. And a lot of parenting programs is focusing on the kids, you know, right. and it's like we also have to focus on ourselves so it's also looking at how we love ourselves forgiveness of ourselves when we screw up um Mm -hmm. you know bringing love and alignment into our lives so that we can shine that into the world and into our family so that Mm -hmm. they can see it and and in response shine their light right it's about being right you know and 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 being in alignment and being balanced and knowing what it's like to to um achieve those places within ourselves that I think are always there. It's just a matter of uncovering them. Right. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. learning consciously is really just about like a lot of what you were talking about, like being aware of what's going on, of what's going on around us, what's going on inside mm-hmm. of us and realizing that it's all for our soul's growth. You know, mm-hmm. so when we look at it from that perspective, the tantrums, the bedtime battle, all that stuff really just feeds into how is this leading? How can this, how is this an invitation for my soul's growth in this mm-hmm. moment? You know, and if I can't look at it right then, maybe I can look at it later. I'll give you a perfect example of that. Um, just this morning, actually. Um, so it's, it's summertime now. So the kids are out of school and they go to camp on some days. And I just started to realize, like, things are wonky. Like, I feel my, I'm so, everybody's so tense and frustrated in the morning. And when they're going to school, it's like clockwork, you know. I mean, we have the battle, but we can pretty much, you know, get on target on most days. And mm-hmm. I found myself getting really frustrated and, come on, having to repeat myself. And, yeah, it still happens to me. And so what happened <laughs> was we got in the car and we were driving and, I got curious and I was like, what is different? What is different right now? And I realized we don't have a schedule. Like schedules Mm -hmm. are so important for most children. Mm -hmm. Predictability is so important. You know, so I um, turned to my kids and I said, you know what, guys, I just realized we don't have a schedule. And I'm thinking that might be contributing to some of the chaos we feel. Mm -hmm. And my son said, hey, mom, why not tonight when we get home? We'll make a list of all the things we have to do, and then we can put them in order about the time that we have to do them, you know, and that's going to help us get ready faster in the morning, and we'll all be happy. And I was like, that's a great idea, you know, and then my daughter (laughs) contributed something to the situation, you know, so it was one of those things where, again, I sat, and instead of grumbling all the way to the camps and to where I had to go and all this stuff, I sat and said, what is this giving me the opportunity to learn? I'm frustrated. That's, that's, a, that's an alarm bell. So I'm frustrated. Right. That's an alarm bell that there's this may be an opportunity for me to learn something. Mm-hmm. What am I being called to learn, you know? And then um, the living fully, so it's love deeply, learn consciously, and the living fully is really about balance and self-care in our lives. Again, focusing on us, like making sure we're supportive from eating well to sleeping well, um, but mm-hmm. also 
focusing like on our passions. What lights us up? Are we living our soul's values? You know, do we even know what they are? You know, mm-hmm. so we look at that a lot in the program too. Like what are our values here? What's important to us? Mm-hmm. What do we want to prioritize? Not just with the kids. I mean, the kids, yes, they're very important, but we have priorities too. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember at least when my, when my son was born, I was no longer Lynetta Willis. I was now Joseph's mom. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was right. Might as well just put that on the driver's license. I'm Joseph's mom. You know, and it's like, I'm not, I am Joseph's mom, yes. And oh. I'm a spiritual seeker. And I'm a laugher. And I'm a wife. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all these things. I'm a comedian. I'm all these things that I love. And so being able to nurture those other parts of us that carry all of those things too and not necessarily feeling like we have to push those by the wayside are so important to being balanced and living in alignment and we often forget that and then we wonder why we're overstressed overwhelmed and overworked mm-hmm. <laughs> right yes and then definitely. we can model that and pass that on to the kids yes and so they're showing it back to us <laughs> they're saying this yes, is you yes. right now <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, chaotic yeah. we are. Totally you. Yeah. yeah, I'm showing you you. And you don't like what I'm showing you right now. <laughs> exactly. How'd it feel? Huh? How'd it feel? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's all transmitted energy. It's really interesting. Whatever we're feeling inside as a parent, we're transmitting to our kids. And, you know, it took me a long time to even understand what am I transmitting? You know, like, mm. like I said, this has all come to be in two and a half years is what am I transmit? What vibration am I putting out there? Um, especially if I'm not present and conscious, I don't even understand what I'm vibrating and the energy mm-hmm. that I'm sending into to the kids in my household and um, to my husband, you know, so um, these are all just great topics of of um, the energy that we all that that we all are. We are all energy. Right. Yeah, and that energy is just getting replayed back to us around us. Um, uh, and especially, you know, as I went through my journey, as I had no idea. I had so much anger inside of me and healing needed mm. to happen. And um, because I didn't think anger was acceptable because when I was growing up, it was not acceptable to show anger. And mm-hmm. so I did a great job at repressing that. But when it came up, I was like scared to death of it because I was like, Where, what is this? Why is it? So, it was rage that I had been shoving down for so long. And so that rage was sitting inside of me, and and you feel it energetically. Mm-hmm. You try to hide yeah, it. So yeah, we try to hide it, but our kids feel it. Yeah. And it, it becomes an invisible wall of um, really not getting, being able to get across the love that you might feel with your children because of this wall of uh, things that you've not cleared out yourself or that, you know, that you're conscious of that is in there, which is in everybody. So, um, mm-hmm. so no, so, it's so true. I remember. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, that's all right. That's okay. Yeah. I was going to say my son, um, he really, when you talk about things that we repress and how our children can can reflect that back to us and what it triggers, um, my son is so just playful and imaginative. Like we always laugh because this boy can pick up a sock. I'm not. I'm, I'm literally. I'm, I mean that literally. He can pick up a sock and go running around the house and jumping around the house. And in his mind, that sock has become like the whole world is gone, and that sock is like everything and he's like imagining it's this and that rah, rah, rah. and uh-huh. there are times where I get so frustrated with that part of him because and I realized when I really sat back and said because that, that's a sign we find that there are things our children do that consistently trigger us you mm-hmm. know especially when our reaction is disproportionate to the situation right so he's jumping around running around and it's just irking me Right? And he's not really doing anything wrong. He's not hurting it, but it's irking me. 
And when I really thought back to like, what, again, curiosity, what is going on within me? I realized when I was younger, that was not allowed. All that noise, stop that mess, stop that noise. What are you doing? Like all that sort of playfulness, airy fairies, it was not okay. And Mm -hmm. so I exiled that. I put that into the shadow. So when my son reflects it back to me, it annoys me. Because Mm -hmm. there are parts of me that say, that's not okay. What you're doing, you need to stop it. That's not okay. Stop that foolishness. Like, that's what's coming up for me. I literally heard those words. (laughs) Stop that foolishness. You know? And so I had to get to a point where I had to deal with those parts. You know? Mm -hmm. And we do that in the program. It's like figuring out what are those parts of us and and dealing with them and and reengaging. So he, my son, actually helped me to heal parts within myself that were carrying um, these beliefs that it wasn't okay, that foolishness was not a good thing, it was a bad thing, just by mm-hmm. being himself and reflecting that. Now, mm-hmm. if I had taken, that was like a soul sight piece, you know, bringing curiosity to my soul within myself, I could have handled it role sight and said, stop that thing around, you're going to bump into something, you're going to knock something over, why are you doing all that, da 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 which could be a, a concern. You know, if he's bouncing around in a china shop, I might right. want to calm him down. But right. instead of saying, stop that foolishness, I can say, let's find a more appropriate place for this. It's not that what you're doing is wrong or bad. It's just that there's probably another place that we can do it right? right? That, that is more effective. Yes, that's a great example. Sort of like throwing a football in a hat. Like going outside and throwing the football rather mm-hmm. than stop playing ball, period. You exactly. know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right, right. So those are those are all great examples, Lynetta. It's um it is uh we don't realize how much we're programmed to view children's behavior as whether it's acceptable or not, or foolish or not, or wrong or right. And we mm-hmm. do, we do very easily can, especially there was so much control and power and rules in my growing up. We weren't allowed to right. do anything, and God forbid we got hurt doing something, then we weren't allowed mm-hmm. to do it again. That was it. Right, right. See, I told you yep. so. <laughs> yep, you got you got cut off. That was the last time you're ever doing that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes. So these things get just programmed into us. And then when we have our own children, they come back out again. It's like, oh, these are the uh, these are the rules. This is the book of rules of programming that that none of it's true. um, Mm -hmm. Because we're really stifling um, children to come into their full self. Absolutely. You know, and, and I, I want to say very clearly, I'm not advocating permissive parenting. You know, I'm not saying, no, oh, whatever shall be, shall be. No, 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 no. You know, no. I always say, like, our kids, just like we are, they're big, bright souls, but they're an unsophisticated vehicle. You know, it's like putting a NASCAR driver in a Pinto. They're not, gonna, uh-huh. you know, it's going to take a while for them to sort of get the hang of it. So right. for me, it's about teaching them. You know, because the, the root word of discipline means to teach. We oft, it often is viewed as to punish, but it means to teach. So it's really mm-hmm. about teaching them the most effective ways to use their power. And in mm-hmm. order to teach that, we have to use our powers effectively, right? Mm-hmm. We have to know what it is like to use our powers in a way that's going to model for them and communicate how we want them to be when they grow up. That's another question I always ask whenever I'm teaching or disciplining or whatever you want to call it, I always ask, how will this translate into their adulthood? So one mm-hmm. great example of this is um, timeout. I went back and forth. As a psychologist, timeout is like one of the prime things that you teach in parenting. And, mm-hmm. and it works. And I have to say, too, I'm not one of those people who's like, if you do time out to your kids, they're going to be awful and horrible, and they're going to end up a delinquent and miserable. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. Um, But what I learned for myself personally was I started to ask, what am I teaching my child when I put them in time out? Am I teaching anything that they can use when they're 30? You know, and I pictured my child at 30 you know, having a tantrum or something and then retreating to a a room 
where there's nobody else and sitting on a small little thing for, you know, however many minutes old they are, you know. And I will say a lot of times timeout is used ineffectively, which is why it doesn't always work. But, you know, it's like nobody does that. Like when you're, when you're miserable, you don't put yourself in a situation that's going to bring your energy down lower. You put yourself in a situation that's going to raise it. So mm-hmm. I decided I want to teach my children how to raise their vibration when they're frustrated or when they do something inappropriate. So instead of timeout, we call them breathing breaks. So what I'll do mm-hmm. is I will say, um, you know, oh, it looks like we're having some really big feelings right now. Do we need a breathing break? And usually I get no. Usually it's really loud, screechy no. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and I'll say, okay, well, maybe let's take some deep breaths. Am I, do, you, do you need a hug or a moment? But something that happened um, recently, God, it's my daughter again, sorry. Um, <laughs> something that happened recently with her, we were, um, she hit her brother. And I said, um, you know, and we've been, we've been dealing with that a little bit lately. So I grabbed her hand and I, we walked into her room and she didn't want to go in her room. And I said, this is what we do when we get frustrated. We go someplace and we take some deep breaths. Do you want me to stay with you or would you like me to leave? I don't want to be in here. I don't want to be in here. This is what we do when we get frustrated. We take some time and we take some deep breaths. Do you want me to stay with you or would you like me to leave? And eventually she said, I want you to, you know, and we Mm -hmm. sat there and as she calmed down, you know, she said, Mommy, will you breathe with me? And I said, sure. And I took some deep breaths. But my point is, it wasn't about putting her somewhere and saying, you stay here and think about what you've done. Because most kids, if we remember, we know, when we were think about, go to your room and think about what you've done. We didn't think about what mm-hmm. we did. <laughs> we thought about how to get away with it next time. Okay? Right. That's what we thought about. Like, how right. can I with this next time? <laughs> yeah. So right. for me, it was about... I'm, I'm willing to sit here and be with you in these big feelings if that's what you need. But my primary goal was to teach her what to do when she has those big feelings. Not to go right. off and deal with them by herself, but this, how do we deal with these big feelings? That's right. information that she can use. So I'm not vilifying time out. I'm just saying in my home, I've realized this was a more effective way to deal with this situation. You know, yeah. and it was, it was power. It was like, no, we're going into the space. And if she, she, she said no, maybe twice. Um, but if she had said, if she continued to protest, I probably would have said where you want to go. We need to, we need to move somewhere else, you know, because right. I do think that's important when we're very tense and frustrated. It's helpful to move out of the situation physically. Yeah. From the situation. Right. So where and, would you like to go? Because again, it's not to punish. Right. Right. Exactly. And I love what you're saying, how you you want to bring their vibration up and doing breath work with children is absolutely fantastic. Now, Mm -hmm. it looks like I possibly have Anaya on the line because I see that somebody has called in and I'm thinking it could be Anaya, but I'm going to say hello. Who's there? How do you always know it's me? Do you recognize my number? (laughs) <laughs> I do. I, I got your number, Anaya. You do have my number. I, I know you've always had my number, Deb. <laughs> well, welcome. Anaya is the founder of Angel Heart Radio and a very good friend. And I'm so glad you're joining us with this conversation. Yay. Thank you. Hello, Lynetta. Look, this is just a wonderful conversation. And I really just wanted to call in to say thank you so much for presenting this because, you know, as I'm listening to you two speak, I'm thinking all the stuff in my life was coming up and it gave me a wonderful juxtaposition really to see what I really felt like then and how I feel now. And that was Mm. a really great experience. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, yes. Yes. This type of stuff, it Mm -hmm. really does. It does call us to, whether we like it or not, you know, it calls forth from within us those things, you know, from our past, the things that we may or may not have dealt with or been aware of. It really does pull us up when we have a contract to bump up against, you know, especially mm. whether it's, 
the way things were in our childhood versus now, whether it's how I am as a parent versus my child, you know, so it really does do that. So thank you for Mm, that. It does. It really is. Thank you. And I love what you were just saying about the time out. And it's really wonderful because, see, these are effective tools and they're very Mm -hmm. simply presented because if you're in the midst of this yourself, it can feel like a real crisis because you're not Mm -hmm. just dealing with that as a a young parent or as a parent. You're dealing with many, many things at the same time. So Mm -hmm. really powerful tools like that I really appreciate because people can take those away and use them today. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's why I did the um, ebook that people can download off my website for free because I really felt like having, and it, and it, I mean, this isn't like a five page ebook where three pages are pictures. I mean, this is about a 30 page book with appendices, you know, <laughs> because I felt it is so important that we are aware as parents of how we use our power, the energy we bring to the situation, how balanced and aligned are we, not just with our children, but with everyone. But I think our relationship with our children is a great training ground, you know, mm-hmm. and our, our frontal lobes go offline just like our kids do. So being mm-hmm. able to have things that we can do, and in the actual parenting program that I have, we talk about how the brain works and how we can use imagery to recall these, some of these things that we can do in the moment. Because when our frontal lobe shuts down, it's hard to remember that, par- that chapter I read in the parenting book last week. Like, come on. And it feels impossible. It actually feels impossible, doesn't it? Because yes. it's too much. Like, how are we supposed to deal with the crisis, which feels like a crisis to us, because we're also dealing with all our inner stuff as well as Mm -hmm. what's going on in our family, and then to have to try and come to a place where we think about what was said, no, it's too much. But when we know, oh, okay, so I can do this, sit down, this is how we deal with it, breathe, do you want me to stay, do you want me to go? That's really simple. I can do that. Mm -hmm. I love it. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Mm. Yeah. And the book sounds great. The book is wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think, you know, um, as you were talking about all of that, I thought, you know, what the deep breathing is doing is, yeah, bringing bringing your breath, your breath is going to take you back to your center again, but it's also mm-hmm. moving your ego out of the way. And as we have an ego, so do our children. And so yeah. you're actually teaching them, how do I center myself and get my ego out of the way? Because my ego is just having a meltdown right now. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, also looking at it from that standpoint is, um, is, is that that is a great way to kick the ego to the curb at the moment so you can gain control back of over yourself is always your breathing. So I think that's awesome that you're teaching you know, your kids that. So, um, it's so true. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So we have two minutes left, believe it or not. Um, time always (laughs) flies when we're having fun. Um, so I wanted to give you an opportunity, uh, Lynetta to, uh, talk about your website or, um, how do people get in touch with you? So why don't you do that? Yeah, of course. So, um, my website is www.drlwillis.com, and you can go in there. You can download the free ebook. You can shoot me a message, um, and um, I have um, a uh, power session that we can have together if you have more questions or are interested in getting more information on how you can balance your life better, how you can deal with you know, your children, how you can dive deeper into yourself. Um, and also I will say that on July 13th, I will be at the Wild Goose Festival pre-wisdom camp. It's in Hot Springs, North Carolina, and I'm going to be doing an experiential workshop on how to turn shame site into soul site. So this is more, not necessarily for caregivers, but really diving deep into that loving deeply and learning consciously about ourselves. Um, so it's going to be great, and they're Wonderful, wonderful people are going to be there presenting as well. So if you can check it out, please do the Wild Youth Festival. Um, and also, um, yes, and all that. And, uh, of course, you can buy My Forgotten Self off of Amazon.com. 
Uh, well, thank you so much for being here today. It's just been an awesome treat of having a paradigm shift for parenting and uh, just a great new perspective uh, to see things. And thank you so much, Anaya, for joining us. And I yes, wanted to thank see- you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> great pleasure. Thank you. Thank you both so much. Love you, dear. Oh, you're welcome. So I wanted to just say, when in doubt, never underestimate the power of prayer. You are being listened to and heard throughout the universe, and it always responds with infinite and internal love. Remember to go inside and listen through your heart for the whispers of heaven. I love you, and God bless you. Have a wonderful day. You've been listening to another fabulous program on Angel Heart Radio. Our goal is to remind you of how much you matter in the world and to let you know that we appreciate who you are in the world. You can check out who's on, when we're on and who our guests are at angelheartradio.com. Everything is there. It's all just one click away. Angel Heart Radio programs are powerful tools to help you in your life and your life experience. They are not intended, nor should they, be used to replace your medical or legal advice. The views expressed by hosts, co-hosts, callers, guests and associates should not be construed as advice from Angel Heart Radio.